Welcome to C3 Hobart Online. We hope that you enjoy this message today. If you'd like to get in touch with us, make sure that you listen till the end to find out how. Awesome. Thank you, Jess. Fantastic. Hey, guys, I'm going to let you go. Uh, Andy, I might keep you up here. Actually, the production team kind of messed me up today. These are the little things. I normally have the green microphone and they've given me the brown one today. I know they're little things, I'm just sort of saying. And Erica, I'm hearing come out. So we're a Pentecostal church, right? We're a Pentecostal church. We believe in signs and wonders, yeah? We believe that, 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 God, cre- that God created the earth and did all these sort of things here, and we, we teach out of Scripture. But uh, there's also something or other that we also read. I'm trying to not say the word so that you get the gist of it. There's also things that happen in the Bible, things that kind of like, you know, feeding the 5,000 was what? A what was it, Pete? It was a sign of wonder. You see, this is the hardship I have to go through. I want you guys to all feel a bit bad for me here. This is just a personal matter here for a moment. I preach my heart out all day. Sundays, I preach my heart. I'm up at six in the Word. I'm ready to go. I get home about six o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock from Hewan Valley. I've given everything I've got, Everything. You know, you sort of go home, you feel like you want to just take your shoes off, put on the slippers. The love I get from my family. The love I get from my family. They will pick a word that I can't say properly. There's signs and wonders, okay? They're miracles, okay? Exactly. This is the hardship I go through. This is the hardship I go through. Hey, it's so good to be in church. Uh, I just, I felt this in this morning in the nine o'clock and uh, I believe God is going to do it in the, uh, the 11 o'clock too. We saw some incredible breakthroughs in the nine o'clock. Whoa. Man, we saw some incredible breakthroughs. Although the welcome at the front door is good and the worship is phenomenal, Fiona, man, wherever you are, wow, we, where has that voice been hidden? I don't even know where you are, somewhere down there. God will just use the opportunity of us gathering together because it's scriptural. He says, gather together, worship, serve, give, fellowship together, have the dinner parties together. That's kind of what they did. No longer strangers. You'll see signs and wonders. It actually says that. It doesn't say miracles. It says signs and wonders. And God moves. God moves in His way. And so I'm just going to pray because I'm believing that God is going to move here. I'm going to pray that you'll have receptive hearts to what God is going to do in this place. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now. Lord God, as we just share a brief word that you are guided in the way you're meant to be. Heavenly Father, for those who have come in the door heavy, this is not a judgment, Lord God. I actually just pray for an opening, Heavenly Father, that there is a boldness that comes upon you, that there is things that will just, that 
that the enemies that stand in front of you will fall over, Lord God. Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord God, that the truth will resonate through this place. Through our screens, Lord God, for those who are watching us online, that the truth will resonate through the screens, whatever you are facing right now. We just spend a moment here, Lord God, in prayer. Lord God, if we came in with frustration, if we came in with an angst, if we came in not knowing, Heavenly Father, maybe we came in for the very first time to church, Lord God. We give it over to you. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Fantastic. Last week I preached 47 verses. Come on, give me some credit. I preached 47 verses where Jesus miraculously, see I can say miraculously, miraculously fed 5,000. He walked on water. He calmed a raging storm all in a day's work. Yet when he shared some homegrown truths with a crowd, it says that many chose to walk away. Despite what the crowd had seen, despite that their bellies were full, despite that they didn't, you know, that they didn't have to deal with a storm across the seas, despite all of these things, they were not convinced with what Jesus said. It was kind of like they were convinced with what they saw, or maybe they were happy with what they saw, the provision that they received, but they were not convinced with what he said. And I know a few of you midweek did your homework because you reminded me that I left out the 48th verse to this one, which was Peter's response when Jesus asked the question to the 12 disciples. He turned around and it says that many had deserted him, many had left, many had walked away. And it says that Jesus turned around. If you are here last week, it says Jesus turned around and it said, are you also going to leave? I probably would have had like some, you know what I mean? Like there's people leaving. I would have had like some sort of being ticked off or whatever the word Jess used there, some cool word. You know, like Jesus just turns around and says to them, are you also going to leave? And I love Peter's response. He says this, it was verse 69 of it. He said, we're fully convinced. Oh, I love that. We're fully convinced that you are the anointed one, the son of the living God, and we believe in you. It was said that while standing on the edge of Dunkirk before a raid, that British Major Ian Thompson told a nervous regiment of soldiers, he said, I can't tell you the outcome of today. I can't tell you whether you'll go home but I can tell you that Jesus Christ is the truth. He is all that we need to know about God and He is all that we need to know about man. To this, I am convinced. I want to look at a passage today. It's found in John again. We've been sort of trawling through the Gospel of John. I love it because John's is this eyewitness account, but he writes it as an older man, a reflective type older man. And I pray I have the wisdom that he did when he wrote this. And it's in John 18, and, and, and I'm going to get to it in a moment, but it's, it's where the Roman emperor, Pontius Pilate, 
We all know about it. This is the Easter stories. We all know about this. But the Roman Emperor Pontius Pilate, at the end of a trial, and it's actually the, the fourth of six trials that he has over this period of time. If you think our legal system's bad, man, what they had to go through was pretty hectic. But Jesus has stood before him, man to man. He stood before him. And Pontius asked him this question. He says, what is truth? What is truth? Those who've heard me preach before know that I like to give context beforehand because I think it's respectful to those who have walked in the door. We should never as a church believe that everybody here is on the same level in their faith journey. That is a dangerous practice to do. Actually, I celebrate those who have walked in the door for the very first time today. I celebrate those who are coming back in the door and you've been away and you've been hurt. Lord God, I just pray that you'll hear these words. But a little bit of context to this, this is over a period of time here where, where they've, they've hosted the Passover meal and Jesus has crossed the Kidron Valley and with His disciples, He's entered into this place that, that we commonly know as the Garden of Gethsemane. It's a place that Jesus knew well. It's a place that He went to often and pray. It says, actually the words, He says, a place He went to often. It was also the place here that Judas had arranged to betray Jesus. I kind of find this interesting in that, in, that, in that this was the place that Jesus knew well, a place where he went to pray. It's a place where the enemy tried to attack. Often it's in the places that we know well is a place where the enemy will try to attack. And it's in this place here that, that, that Judas had, had arranged to betray Jesus. And it says that Jesus was in the, in the garden with the disciples. And Judas arrives with temple guards and a legion of Roman soldiers. A lot of them. A lot of Roman soldiers. And John's eyewitness account says that they came with lanterns and swords and torches, like, you know, the firing torches. These guys were fully armed. These were a Roman soldier. They would have been back in their camp and they would have been given a directive from their, their superior. Says, right, this is the directive. You're going to take down this guy who is, who is, you know, he might be armed and dangerous or whatever the directive might have been come. They came, it says, fully armed. And it says that Jesus, knowing what was ahead, knowing what was coming towards him, knowing what was there before him, it says, didn't say that he ran away. It says that he stepped forward. And he said to them, who are you looking for? To which they answered, Jesus, the Nazarene, whereby Jesus replied with three of the most powerful words found in Scripture. He stood before the enemy. He stood before a legion of Roman soldiers, temple guards, the one who would betray him, fully armed. And he simply said the words, I am he. I am he. This is what I love with this. The eyewitness account of John. That's what I love. It says that upon those words, I am He. It doesn't say that He said, oh, I've got armies hidden in the trees and we're about to come and get you and be prepared for battle. It simply says the words, I am He. And it says with those three words, 
a legion of Roman soldiers who were trained to stand, who were trained to fight, who were trained to withstand anything that came upon them. It says that they recoiled and fell to the ground. I am praying that when Jesus stands before us with the truth and says, I am He, that it it forces us to fall to the ground. Because that is the truth speaking to us, saying, I am He. Andy, you're a really clever guy, man. Thought this might go somewhere. There's power in the name of Jesus, right? You believe that, Andy? You believe that? Can you play it? You can do anything, right? There's power in the name of Jesus. There's one problem, though. You can play it, and I can preach it, but neither of us can sing it. What about we get the vocalists back up here? Yeah? I don't even know where they are. Come on, guys, let's get back up here. Because there is power in the name of Jesus, right? This is church, guys. Sometimes we preach 47 verses straight up, like I did last week. And sometimes we're just going to declare there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Just where you are, to start declaring this. There is power in the name of Jesus. When Jesus stood before His enemy, a legion of Roman soldiers stood before Him. He's about to be taken away. He knew what was coming before Him. Death beheld Him. He knew what was coming before Him. He simply said, I am He. And the, truth, and, and, and the truth was enough that others would fall over. Sometimes we've got to just declare to the enemy that is before us, I am He. It's not about us saying it, it's about He is the truth. He, we need to declare that. I'm going to encourage you, let's stand up. Let's stand up. Because there's going to be people in the room here today. It mightn't be a legion of Roman soldiers that you are facing, but there is going to be some hurdles in your life that you are facing right now. And I believe that we need just to declare and say, He is the truth. When He said, I am He, we're saying, He is the truth. And I'm going to say that. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to declare there is power in the name. And, and I want you to just take whatever that hurdle is in your life, whatever that is, maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's a physical illness. Maybe it's something other else that's going down. Maybe it's a broken relationship in your life. Whatever it is, I want you to just declare and say, there is power in the name of Jesus. Let's go, guys. power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain break every chain to break every chain yeah come on can we get those words oh look look how good our team are the words are up on the screen already didn't even plan it look at this come on there is power in the name of Jesus do we believe this that there is power in the name of Jesus They're not just words that we sing when Jesus said, I am He. There was enough power that a legion of armies fell over, a legion that were trained to stand up. There will be things in your life that you're thinking to yourself, I can't beat these. You're not meant to beat them. You're not meant to beat them because that's doing it by your strength, not by His strength. 
it doesn't say that the 12 disciples stood up there. Well, actually it did. Peter tried to do with a sword and cut off a dude's ear. But it didn't just say that. It took Jesus to say, I am He. Stand behind me. It says, I am He. There is power in the name. You heard me preach this at the start of the year. Something that's been on the heart for Morella and I has been prodigals. It has been on our hearts since the start of the year. We just felt that word that prodigals will return to the house. And sometimes we see that as our sons and daughters, or, but often it can be our, our siblings. Maybe it can be our parents. Maybe it can be a loved one that has walked away. Like we read last week, when the truth got too much for them, they just walked away. It just became too much. They walked away. If you're feeling bold enough with this, I'm feeling bold with you. I'm going to declare, why don't we come forward on behalf of that person who it is and then just start singing these words. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power because we are believing that for those prodigals, whoever it is, we are believing for those prodigals, whatever it is, that, that, that the enemy will fall, that they will somehow know that there is truth in the name, that there is power in that name. I'm going to pray. I don't know the names of them, but we're going to pray as prodigals. I'm going to encourage those who are sitting in the seats that you start praying over these guys now too because they're, they're, they're saying man I want to see the truth spoken to this person's life whether it be a brother, a sister a, a, a son, a daughter, a mum, a dad a friend that you're going to just start declaring that so let's just, just for one minute just start praying over them, you don't need to know their names, Lord, because our Lord God knows their names. And what we are praying is that they will confront the truth. The truth, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Let's just pray through them. Heavenly Father, we just pray right now. Lord God, for every son and daughter, Heavenly Father, for every sister and brother, for every mother and father, Lord God, we pray for uncles, for aunties, Heavenly Father, for loved ones, Lord God, we just pray that there is a breaking open that will occur. It is not in our strength, Lord God. Let it be in yours, Heavenly Father. That somewhere, somehow this week, they will be confronted with, with, with the truth that says, I am He. And it will convince them so much, so much, that they will ask the question, that they will get to their knees, Lord God. We thank You for this. And we declare this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Hey, you guys can take a seat. I'm going to have to rein this back in in the one minute and 36 seconds I have left to preach 10 verses. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> God's good, eh? God is good. Can I... Two weeks ago, I stood up with the Bible, pretty much just like this. And I said, this is the book of truth. And I don't go away from that. This is the book of truth. But I, can I tell you, if you don't speak it out in love, it just becomes a book of law. And for those prodigals, for those who are away, do you know what most of them need? Is the love of a father the love of a mother, the love of a brother, the love of a sister, 
They just need someone like the father did to the prodigal to put their arms around them and said, mate, I'm not just bringing you the small one. I'm bringing you the fattened calf. I'm bringing you the big fella. Why? Because, see, I love this. The one that he would have brought would have been for a community festival. It would have been. It would have been for a community festival. He gave it up. Why? Because he wanted the community to celebrate the one who was lost is now found. As a church, we should be embracing that. So if people come to you, do not judge them. Do not belittle them. Do not also just just turn away and, and don't tell them the Scriptures because it might hurt them. But speak in love. Speak truth in love. Truth in love. Hey, I'm going to do these 10 verses. I'm going to try and get through them. John chapter 18. John chapter 18, verse 28. Jesus is before trial. Jesus is trial before Pilate. It says this, Jesus' trial before Cyrus ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go inside because it would defile them and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover. I kind of find it a little bit comical that, but anyway. Do you not find that comical? Sorry, I was going to get through 10 verses, but I can't. I got through one. Do you kind of find that a little bit comical? The Jewish people were handing over to their enemies the problem that they wanted to go away. Do you get that? And they did it in the early hours of the morning so they wouldn't be seen, but it said that there were 70 of the Sanhedrin. Can you imagine them? 70 of these dudes in their full robes and you know, just walking along the dirt there and they don't even go inside the house so they don't see them because if they go inside the house, they'll be defiled and can't have the Passover meal, which actually wasn't even a law anyway. But anyway, that's a different story. But can you imagine 70 of them standing outside the Roman governor's thing saying, hey, uh, Pilate, do you mind coming out here? Because we've got a problem that we don't know what to do with. And so we're going to handball it over to you because we want to bury the truth. That's what they're saying. As we go through the Scripture, we'll say, we want to bury the truth. You see, the Jews couldn't sentence someone to death. This is incredible revelation with this. The Jews couldn't sentence someone to death. Although they did stone Stephen to death. Another preach, another time. They couldn't raise someone up on a crucifixion cross. They couldn't sentence someone to death. But they wanted to bury the truth because the truth confronted them. The truth was in their face. The truth was forcing others to change their thoughts and go, hang on a second, what is truth? It's not law. This is not about not obeying the law. But it's about understanding the truth I will say it again and again. It says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through Him. Verse 29 says this, if I can find it. Verse 29, so Pilate, the governor, went out and asked them, what is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he wasn't a criminal, they retorted. That's a really good word, retorted. Then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone. We just talked about this. The Jewish leaders replied, this fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Verse 33, I'm going to run out of time here. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. I love this part. 
Grab onto this. Jesus says, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. We think in the worldly sense. We think about kingdom building here on earth. We think about all these things. And, and don't get me wrong, we all do it. And I believe God gifts us and gives us the talents and, and provides us to be able to do things and to be able to build these things. Yet God is, in this text here, Jesus is saying to Pilate, this is not my kingdom. It's not what I'm talking about. You've got it all wrong. You're focusing on what is before you right now. You're focusing on what you've got to do Monday morning to build your kingdom. And Jesus says, you're thinking in the wrong way. No wonder your truth, no wonder you can't accept truth because you're worried about what is happening on the earthly things right here. Now we live on the earth. We are designed to be here, but our mission is very clear. Go into all the world and tell them the good news of what? Of what Jesus did for us. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so you are a king then. Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify what? Testify to the truth. To testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And then Pilate says this, what is truth? And I'm not going to give you some philosophical debate on absolute truth and relative truth. But I can tell you this, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says this, the whole Bible, the whole Bible, doesn't just say the parts you want, it says the whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It's the TLB version for this. I love it. It says, it straightens us out and helps us what to do is right. It doesn't say it judges us. It says it straightens us out and helps put us on the right path. Verse 17 says, It is God's way of making us well prepared at every point, fully equipped to do good to everyone. You see, that's the whole thing, is our mission here on earth, people. That's what it is. Our mission here on earth is to go into the whole world and preach the truth, the good news. Preach the same thing that Jesus said when He stood in front of His enemies and said, I am He. I am He. What is truth? In 2016, the Oxford Dictionary word of the year was post-truth. And it was given some very intelligent definition, which in summary simply said this, truth is no longer attached to objective facts, but rather determined by how you feel. For Pilate, for the religious leaders, we're not taking sides here, for the, for, but for Pilate and for the religious leaders, truth was whatever they wanted it to be in order to accomplish their goals. That's what it was. To bury the truth. They, Jesus was a pain in the neck to them. And so they just wanted to get rid of the problem to get rid of the truth. They wanted to live in this post-truth where truth was no longer attached to objective facts, but was rather determined by how one feels. Yet the thing is, is that Jesus died on the cross. He rose again. He was buried and He rose again in order to set us free. 
I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to bring this to a close. If you're new here today, and maybe you've never done this before, that's okay. But I'm going to ask the rest of us just to close our eyes. Close them up. Respect for others. It's not a magical power or anything like this. It's just a moment of you and God time. Because there'll be some who have come in the door today struggling with the truth. Struggling with who God is in your life. Maybe you've heard it all before. But those soldiers that are standing in front of you just look bigger and stronger than ever before. That issue that you're dealing with just looks bigger and stronger than ever before. And you've, you've spoken scripture over it. You've prayed over it. You've done everything you feel is right into it. But it seems like that the enemy just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And you, you, the, as far as you look from the left to the right, there's more of them there. Believing today. There's a some that just need to be able to stand before the enemy that is before you, before the hurdle that is before you, before that thing that is before you that is you know is holding you back, that is a chain that is holding you back. And you just need to declare the truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If that's you, all eyes are closed. I'm here. I just want you to raise your hand. Just where you are. Just in your seats. Thank you. I can see those hands. Just put them up. Right now. Just put them up. Thank you. I can see those hands right across this place. From the left to the right, I can see them. Just put them in boldness, guys. Just put them up just for a moment. Thank you. I can see those ones over here. I can see them. Thank you. I can see those hands. You can put them down again now. That's about you saying, do you know what? I want to face this. I'm prepared to face this. I cannot do it on my own strength. God, I need you. With three words, he said, I am he and the problem fell over. I am he and the problem fell over. That was him saying it, not us. It might be things that you've been trying to fight yourself for years and years and years now. With three words, Jesus said, I am he and the problem fell over. Why? Because he was the truth. There may be some here today. I'm, just, I'm not going to prolong this for much more than 30 seconds, but there may be some here today. There'll be many who raise their hands here. There may be some who have walked in the door and actually don't even understand what this truth is. You've walked in. You don't know what the Bible is. You don't know what church is. You think all this singing is weird. You think I'm crazy. But God has been speaking to you. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand as well, just where you are. Thank you, I can see that hand there. Is there any others? Just 10 more seconds. God is speaking to you right now. You may not even know it. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, let's open our eyes. If you raised your hand today, we would love to be able to pray with you. We have an area down the back there 
we call our Fresh Start Lounge. It's a place, there is, it's not where the, the naughty people go, like I said, outside the principal's office. It's actually not that. It's an opportunity for us to be able to sit with you, to be able to pray with you, to be able to just say, hey, we're on this faith journey with you because that's what it's about. We're not designed to just do this by ourselves. We're designed to do this in, in congregation, in gathering together. And we want to say, we want to walk this journey with you. We want to pray with you. It's not about gossip in prayer. I, I'm over those things, man. I'm over those things. I'm, it's about saying, you know what? I want to gather with you. I'm standing with you right now. I've got a problem that's, that, that came up this morning. There's a pastor that I toured the Philippines with that is a very good friend of mine I've done ministry with. He moved to America at, at, about a year ago and he's been admitted to hospital and he's in intensive care right now. He's younger than me. He's got two daughters, my daughter's age. My heart is breaking for, I only found out this at six o'clock this morning. And I'm just like, God, I can't do this. Only you can. Only you can. I am he, the problem will fall over. We're gonna finish with that song. There is power in the name of Jesus. If you need prayer, we would love to be able to pray with you. If you raise your hands, we would love to speak with you. Don't run out the door. We would love to be able to speak with you. I'm going to ask some of our pastoral team to head down to the, to the back Fresh Start Lounge. You can go down there. If you've got kids, they can stay in here. It's a great place to be able to do this. Please don't run away. Even if you've been there before and you think, I'm just going back there again and again and again, sometimes you need to. Remember, they went around the wall seven times. They didn't stop at six. Sometimes you need to go up because you need someone. It might be a prayer today that breaks through that thing that you haven't been able to break through. God bless church. There is power in His name. Thanks for joining us today at C3 Hobart Online. If you were impacted by this message or you'd like to know a bit more about our church and what we do, you can get in touch with us via our website, c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.